0: Listening to the brand new episode of *In Love with the Process*. I am your host, Mike Petchy. Welcome to my show. Come on in, grab a seat, grab a beer, relax, hang out. We're gonna meet someone really cool today. We're gonna meet uh, a woman that uh, kicks (laughs) ass—literally kicks ass. Uh, She's got uh, some really insane experience. Uh, being a stunt woman on set, uh, stunt driving. Uh, She uh, is an actress, a performer, um, and uh, we get into all sorts of that stuff on the show. But before we do, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show and supporting me and following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy. I try to reward those of you who follow me on Instagram with contests and, and posts and insights and Yes, I spend way too much time responding to your comments and your DMs. And uh, I try to be uh, present, you know. I appreciate and respect all of my followers. I appreciate and respect all of the listeners and the fans of this show. It means a lot that you guys are there. Um, And uh, I try to give you as much attention as I can. If I'm giving you a lot of attention, let me give you an insider tip on how the industry works uh if you are finding someone like me that is responding to your stuff and commenting a lot that means i'm not working that means i'm unemployed (laughs) so you see folks that are doing a lot of social media posting generally speaking they're probably unemployed or maybe they're on set and they are uh an actor an actress and they're just sitting around for fucking hours waiting uh maybe then you'll get those responses but if it's technicians Uh, that are responding to you, it's because they have free time to do so. You know what I mean? So think about that as you process the stress of, do I need to keep my social media presence out there? And how can I do that? And how can I work at the same time? Work first and then do social media. You know what I mean? It hits this point. Um, What else is going on? So a bunch of fucking production work, we are just recording episodes like crazy. Um, it's been really great, uh, and it's because of you, the listeners. Uh, the listenership is up; our numbers are up. Let me uh, let me boost my ego a little bit while we're talking, and I'll look at the numbers today. Hold on, one second here. Hold on. Um, but because of you guys, um, we are able to get oh, wow. We fucking rock today. Holy shit. Three days in a row, killing it. You guys are really doing it. And All right. I'm not going to talk about specific numbers on the show because it's showing my hand, but uh, I'm looking at the numbers today. And what's so great about our listeners, the listeners of this show, is that majority of my numbers are people going back and listening to old episodes. So we get a lot of new listeners, a lot of newcomers that walk in, and then you guys go back and listen to all the old stuff. Super fucking awesome of you to do that. Really appreciate it. And let me say this, get it in now while you can. Because I'm considering once we cross into the 200s territory, I think we're going to take the first 100 episodes and put them behind a paywall. So now's the time to start listening to these. Um, But uh, there's plenty of fucking content. (laughs) And if you guys are having trouble sorting through all the content that we have available, make sure you head on over to inlovewitheprocess.com. There, we've curated the content by subject material. So you can choose the episodes based upon what it is that you want to listen to. So you don't have to go from episode one all the way down. Um, so today, I'm fucking excited. I have Yesenia Cosillo on. And uh, she is an amazing stunt performer, stunt actress, stunt actor, if you will. Um, and she's got such a great story of how she got into the business. And you would assume in order to be a stunt person, that you have to like literally come karate kicking your way out of the womb. Uh, She's got a different story, which is interesting. Different origins. We talk a lot about uh, physical activity. We talk a lot about uh, battling depression, which is interesting. So we get into that. So if a lot of you are out there, well, I'm sorry. If a lot of you are admitting to the fact that we're all depressed and dealing with it, there's a lot of really good stuff that you'll get from this episode. Um, And then we talk about a lot of the specifics behind being a stunt person. And this is an interesting listen for those filmmakers out there, because it's like, there are processes involved when you get to that level. Who do you communicate with? Do you as a director go over and talk to individual stunt people? Or is it to the stunt coordinator? Or is it to the AD department? And how do they process that stuff? What are beats? What is choreography beats? How do you design these things? All that stuff we talk about in the show. Uh, She spends a lot of time sharing a lot. So if you guys are into it, if you guys are excited about learning stunts, don't you love the fact that I'm recording in my place and you can hear everything else that's going on? It's great. Um, Then this is the episode for you. Um, So let's see. Anything else that I wanted to talk about? Um, that's it. We got a bunch of stuff in the works. I don't know when the show is going to come out. I know I've been saying that a lot, but you know what the truth is, is that we just sat down and banged out like fucking, oh my God. That's why I'm so exhausted. It's been like eight or nine episodes within like a week and a half. Um, so it's good. We got a stack so you guys can fi- rest assured that every week, maybe twice a week sometimes, but every week you guys have an episode coming at you for at least the next couple of months. Um, And they're all fucking great. Um, And the thing that I love about this new season or these new episodes um, is that I'm getting more and bigger and better access to folks. But everybody has the same stories and everybody gets into the business kind of for the same reasons. So get excited because I sure as fuck am. So strap in. Let's talk about stunts. Let's talk about kicking ass. Let's, talking, let's talk about facing fear and if you fall down getting back up super quick. Uh, all that and more on the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. Zenia, thanks for being on the show. How are you this morning?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, running a little bit, you know, just came from a fitting and uh, just trying to make things work out. <laughs> so
0: uh, you just used two terms that don't surprise me in that statement. You were running and workout. It doesn't surprise me at all.
1: And- yeah, and making trying to make things work
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm pumped. I have uh, been following you on Instagram for a little while now, and I am incredibly fascinated with the uh, work that stunt performers do. Um, I the stunt performers that I've met, I think are the coolest people in the world, and I don't think enough people give you guys and girl's credit for what the fuck it is that you do. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about this stuff.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, th- it's, thank you so much. I mean, first of all, before we start, I have to say that I am taken away by your voice. Oh, thanks. Like you, you have like such a perfect radio host voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like trying to listen to what you're saying, but I'm also like, wow, like his voice is like, pretty awesome anyways no, that's good that's uh, good yeah, so <laughs> throw me off my balance <laughs> uh, that's
0: great that's really good
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you threw me off mine like complimenting me on my stunt work so I had to throw you off yours
0: <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you thank you so much this is uh <laughs> It's uh, it's it's good that uh, you're not saying that I have a face for radio. At least I have a voice for radio, so that's good. That's good. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, we don't know that. I mean,
0: <laughs> be nice. I'm just meeting. We're just meeting. Be nice. Um, so
2: coffee <laughs> first. Uh,
0: let's talk, let's talk about let's let's do some uh, history digging in your career. Let's catch the listeners up to you. Um, how did you get into uh, why stunts? Like, why did you get yeah. into this?
1: You know what? If you would (laughs) have told me maybe like 10 years ago uh, what I was doing today, I'd probably laugh my ass off. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely not in the plans ever. Um, I grew up as a kid singing and I wanted to be a musician. Mm -hmm. And then... um, then after I started getting into acting, but then, you know, life catches up to you and bills start coming out of nowhere. And then you mm-hmm. kind of throw your dreams out the window for a little bit. And um, I got into the corporate world um, for a bit, like about seven, eight years. Oh, and wow. That's I, a that's a bit.
0: You know, that is definitely a bit. Seven oh, or yeah. eight years.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I got caught up in that... Um, uh, what do you call it? You know, like that hamster wheel that everybody's in.
0: <laughs> yeah, hamster wheel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that.
0: All that. Uh, I got
1: caught in that. All that yep. shallow
0: uh, water cooler talk on Fridays and all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
1: Exactly. I got caught in that life, and um, you know, until one day, some lady. Um, I remember um, my last job. She uh, she comes up to me and she's like, uh, she's like, Hey, Jess. So you know, how's your day doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm great. How are you? She's like. You know, doing a lot of thinking today. I'm like, yeah, why is that? She's like, well, I, as I'm as I stand here, I look at you and I'm like, wow, I remember being in your position years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what do you mean in my position? She's like, well. I remember when I first started, I was just three years in like you. Now look at me, I'm 25 years in, still working in the same job. Ugh. I got the fuck out of there so quick. <laughs> I was like, like, I don't even think they it's on the back of my shoes. I was like, please, out.
0: I just imagine you jumping out of a glass window to get out of that space at that point.
1: <laughs> you know what? I wish I was that epic back then. Because,
2: <laughs>
1: man, oh, I could have probably done my own stunt reel how fast I got out of there. Um, <laughs> but yeah no I, I i put in my two weeks and i'm like you know what um i'm out mm-hmm. and um although i did leave you know i ended up then catching a part-time job because i had to make meat ends and i started getting into like the fitness industry but it was bodybuilding it was still not stunts Ooh. um what, what, we're, we're almost getting to it guys we're almost getting to well, it hold on, hold, just, on hold on let's take, let's take it
0: let's take it let's take a detour here uh, you know what is mm-hmm. the bodybuilding industry like what was that like
1: Oh um, that, that was very, it was, it was tough. It was uh, not for me, but it was definitely something that was needed in my journey. And I learned that now looking back, um, oh. it was, it, it was something that in, in the very beginning, I wanted to get into it um, because I did not consider myself uh, a beautiful woman.
2: Uh-huh. And,
1: and for Neither physically or in any way, like I, I had um, a lot of uh, self esteem issues. Um, you know, working that regular nine to five job for years, you know, you get caught up, the dreams out the window. Your physique is, you know, you're out of shape, and um, I was not happy with where I was in life or how I looked, and I just started training. Um, and I started going to the gym, just like a regular person that first walks in and is like, what the hell do you do looking around embarrassed? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like embarrassed. I'm like, where do I start? And, um, uh, I don't know. I was like embarrassed to pick up a weight and I felt like everybody was looking at me like, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to lift it? (laughs) 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 And, um, you know, then I started getting a trainer, uh, and I will wear like super baggy clothes. And, um, you know, months would pass and I just kept training and training and training, not really caring much about what I was even looking like. I was just committed to it because it was the only thing that would make me feel okay after work.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, a year later, some dude at the gym comes up to me and um, he kind of gives me the time of the day, which I'm not really so used to. And he's like, hey, looking great. (laughs) And that really got to my head. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm looking great. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he's like, have you ever thought about competing? And I'm like, me competing? Oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm like, no, I could never do that. And he's like, why not? And after I said all that, I really thought to myself. And I'm like, wait, why why not? I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I just said that. And then he's like, yeah, think about it. And I'm like, okay. So I thought about it. And I immediately thought no. Uh But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself a shot to, to potentially fail at something, yeah. but at least I wouldn't have the guts to go up there and say, you know what? I stood in a stage next to other beautiful women and, and I did it. Nice. So, um, I ended up competing and then I think out of 60, I got 16. I, <laughs> I didn't place, okay. but, um, I got 16 and then I did it a second time and then I got a uh, second place. Oh Wow. Um, yeah, the second, the, the second time I did it, um, I did it my way. Um, when I say my way is because a diet in the first, you know, the first trainer gave me just didn't work out with, with me. And I, I got, I look like a skinny burned cockroach when they tanned me. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> well, that's, I'm like, those
0: diets must be pretty fucking intense to begin with, to get you on
1: that. Well, well they're very intense, but if you're not careful and you, um, you know, uh, uh, you dehydrate too much, Mm. like you lose everything you worked for. Mm. And, and that could just happen in in a matter of a week, you know, because you, you, um, you know, you carb up and you, you, you eat all this and you you train, but then after, you know, as soon as you start getting closer to, to the competition days, you, you have to start, you know, leaning out. And, um, I, I think I leaned out too much and, uh, those diuretic pills, I started drinking them, I think a little too early. Uh And you know, everything disappeared. Everything. I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, where is my ass? Where did my legs Weird. go? Weird. You know, thank God I still I have boob implants. If not, those will be gone
2: too. Weird.
1: Um, but everything was just gone and I'm like, Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it was shredded and skinny, but you know, you're not really gonna place in a bodybuilding con they wanna see muscle. So um oh, that's
0: so strange. You don't think about it. I mean, that's yeah. literally sculpting at that point. So you're timing out Exactly when you're gonna shed the the carbs that you've been loading, and then you have to just shed the correct amount. Because then, if you shed too much, then you look like a wet dog, is what you're saying.
1: There, (laughs) yeah, there's a science behind everything, and this is only for obvious competition purpose. You know, like it's not you don't do this shit like on a regular basis, but you know, like there's a science behind it, and if you don't do it correctly everything you work for will go out a window in a week easily. Wild. And um, I, yeah, I think uh, maybe, I mean, I don't want to blame it on people, but I I mean, I, I, I think maybe um, it didn't work out for my body, the way things turned out on mm-hmm. the first competition. So on the second one, I try to do things a little bit more my way. And then I hired a different person and we we took a different approach. Um, I was going to place first place mm-hmm. uh, per Per what the judges had informed me before, they told me that I was gonna get, you know, uh, uh awarded because they they kind of do that because you have to compete in the morning and then in the morning is where they make the determination of who is going to place at night.
2: Oh, weird. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah, and then you come back at night, you just kind of like do a little show for them, and then they announce who the winner is. And then uh, one of the judges had come up to me and he's like, "Hey, so." We got you in the running for first place, but we got a little small problem. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you're wearing a Wonder Woman outfit, which is beautiful, but you're going to have to take off your headpiece because um, it goes against the National Physics Committee's guidelines. Like you can't be wearing like a symbolic um, headpiece. And I'm like, well, it's only. this is literally something I got from Michael's. Like, it is a freaking ribbon (laughs) with a star that I put with diamonds. Like, this is not, like, the real thing. They're like, yeah, but it's it's symbolic, you know. Uh, And I'm like, and the rest of the suit is not. (laughs) And they're like, well, I'm like, (laughs) um, they're like, you would have to take it off if you want to place. Oh, my God. Like, first. And I'm like, well, you know what? I've trained so hard and I've worked my ass off so hard that at the end of the day, I ask myself, I'm like, am I even here to place or am I doing this just for me? Right. And, um, and I, I didn't take shit off. I was just like, I don't care about a damn trophy. If you give it to me, great. But at the end of the day, my trophy, my award was even being here in the first place and placing, I'm like, wow, that was beyond what I even ever thought would happen. So I didn't care. And I, until today, I I don't regret anything because at the end of the day, everybody remembered my name Mm -hmm. because I had a different look, you know, and um, nobody remembered who the first place winner was. So I'm like, I don't care. I- I'm I'm here to leave a mark, yeah, and uh, that that's my purpose. But uh, but yeah, those were the bodybuilding days. Well,
0: so so that must have helped. So you were saying that you were in a bit of a depression before that, and a bit of a funk. So was it was it just the rhythm of working out that helped you pull out of that? Is it is it sort of the endorphins that you get from working out, or is it just the self like? It, that helped you. Th- did that pull you out of depression? Essentially,
1: that that did not pull me out of depression. It helped, but it also triggered it. But um, since since I was a little kid, I I had been clinic clinically diagnosed with this, oh, okay. um, and I struggled for years with this. And as I got older, I figured out that the for me, I'm not saying it works for everyone, but I feel like this might be uh, more helpful for, for people that are struggling with this is I feel like when there is a problem, you don't run away from it and ask for help. You face it mm-hmm. and you get help. So I figured I've run I've run away from it all my life, right? Mm-hmm. How, what do I consider running away? Um, going to a psychologist, getting pills to, you know, that are going to help me in one way, but hurt me in another, um, you know, and be satisfied, uh, get a, a regular job that doesn't trigger, you know, this and that and a hundred million things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to, um, face all those things that trigger every single thing of my anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and just head on with it like a fucking bull. And that's what I did. So I'm like, okay. so uh, whenever I would get whenever my body was under too much stress, um, my anxiety would just like snap and I would just start like a trigger. And my depression, too, whenever I start working out too much, um, you know, my body wouldn't take it, you know, the right way. And I just went towards those triggers. And what I tried to make myself understand whenever that would happen is that this is part of the process. Yeah. And I just have to take it. It's going to go away. It's temporary. I know at the moment it feels like it's fucking there forever. Yeah. But it goes away. And, and I also tried to understand that it won't go away permanently. It's going to get better.
2: Yeah. But with
1: time, it will. So, you know, it's 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 a game that you kind of play, but you know, I, I I'm like, I I definitely want to do this because it's gonna trigger everything that I've fought mentally for so many years. Um, and then that was one of the reasons why I also wanted to get into something more extreme because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, the bodybuilding is uh, is great and everything, but I was also working as an you know part time as an actor. And um, I'm like, what is it in between that I could act and, you know, do things that are athletic? And I'm like, oh, shit, stunts. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, there was like this little networking group in Florida because uh, I'm originally from Miami. OK. And um, and we met up and there was like 60 people there. And, you know, some were producers, some were actors, some were upcomers, whatever, different type of people. And I'm mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we just saw you compete at what's next. And I'm like. I would like to get into stunts if anybody has any information or anything. And people looked at me with this dumb look in their face. Like, is this bitch crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay, here in Miami, good luck with that. Where who are you going to find, you know? Um, and then one guy came up to me at the end and said, Hey, there's this info. He gave me the name of a coordinator and he was like, just message him and see what he says, you know? Yeah. And I, I remember messaging him and I told him, like, hey, I'm I'm Yesenia, and I send him my latest competition photo, because that's all I have. Sure. And then he just messages me back, and he's like, great, what is your martial arts experience, gymnastics experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I've only done bodybuilding. Wow. And then he's like, okay, cool. That's all he said. <laughs> and he did not message me ever back again. And I was just like, <laughs> all right, well, that was a great start. <laughs> <laughs> And um, then afterwards, I think three days uh, again, I message him. I'm like, "Hey, not sure if you got my uh, my last message or whatever, or if you thought it through. You know, I I really want to learn. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I don't have experience in any of those things you you asked me. Um, I don't even know if to say sorry or if you would give me a chance to work on them. But yeah, um, you know. And I send them another photo. I'm like, "This is you know my most recent competition photo." Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is my most recent competition photo. That's all I got for you. And he's like, "Okay, meet me at these studios." Uh, and he gave me a time, a date, whatever. I showed up, and the first stunt I ever saw was a girl jumping out of a window. Oh wow! And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and then she got like blood on her face and whatever. And he's sitting in front of me. He turns around. He looks at me, and he's like, "So, is this what you want to do?" And I'm like, totally, I so (laughs) want to do this. And then he's like, okay, well, I just had to make sure you were mentally there first. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) So after that, man, it was history, I would say. Like, I just started training in every single thing that you could possibly think of.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say, at that point, you're playing catch-up, right? Because now you have to try to understand, like, martial arts, and you sort of have to get into all that, right? So you must have, did you just jump right in? Was it a? was it a lot of work at yeah, that?
1: Yeah, so let, let me tell you I I feel um there's definitely uh, it, it's hard. It's hard being in an industry where a lot of the people that you work with, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing this b- before they even, you know, came into the world. Like they were kicking in their mother's stomach, you know, like <laughs> and or or doing acrobatics, you know, like um a lot of the people I work with, but at the same time Although a lot of people I work with have been doing this for years, I feel very proud, you know, being able to you you know um, work with them because I have worked my ass off so damn hard in so many different you know um, uh, indes- you know, uh, just stuff mm-hmm. just to play the catch up game and, and and to be able to 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 qualify to work you know on on these big film sets. And, uh, yeah, as soon as, as soon as I got into it, I just started working, you know, martial arts. Like I got actually the first thing I ever started doing was parkour. Oh, wow.
2: Okay, cool.
1: And, um, I got into it because it was fun, mm-hmm. but then I met a bunch of stunt guys there and I was like, oh, and they're like, yeah, you know, like we get paid to do this. And I'm like, okay, really? I'm like, this is, this <laughs> seems like fun. They're like, yeah, well, it seems fun to you. Some people can fucking do mm-hmm. like, run really fast up and down some stairs or vault over something like, and I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So after that, I started getting jobs, you know, like little jobs here and there in Miami, like, you know, like parkour scenes and stuff like that. Um, you know, running up a wall or doing a flip. Well,
0: or well hold,
2: on. hold, up and down
0: hold, hold on a second. Cause you're just like, okay. So then I hung out with these guys and then I was doing parkour. That must've been really difficult to do. Like, I, I'm sure you must have some sort of natural talent to be able to jump in at that quickly, but how long were you training to do all that stuff?
1: <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'm sorry, but you know what my natural talent is?
0: What's
2: that?
1: It's, it's called fuck it. <laughs> like, you need to, yeah. It, I'm telling you, this is a talent, and a lot of people don't think that, like, some people got this and some people don't, and you will meet them and you will know because there's some people that... They will give things way too much thought, and then there's the other ones that are trying to play the catch up game, like me. That are like, I ain't got time for this shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I was at, and and you know, that helps a lot with especially with this journey because if you start thinking too much about stuff, you know, then it's going to become very difficult. Sure, for you. I bet. Um, yeah, you
0: get in your in the, you get in your head very, too much, and at that point, you're hesitating, and that could lead to injury. In
1: right. Me right yeah. right like like they would say like they would say you know like in in uh it's more relatable in the parkour community uh that uh, people say send it nation okay so you know whenever you're not like sure if you should make that jump or that move or whatever you just say send it and just do it you cl- you just fucking just do it don't think about it so um that helped me out a lot uh I would see their approach to things. Uh, I didn't have any other girls to train with. I was the only girl there. So I was training with a bunch of boys that all I see with them do is just a bunch of stupid shit. And I was <laughs> like, okay, I'll just be stupid <laughs> with you. <laughs> so I got very used to wrecking very hard, hitting very hard right, uh, yeah, and getting bet. back up, you know, because it's not like you get hit and it's like, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's like, you get hit, get the fuck up and do it again. So they have a rule, which is, when you do something, you fail at it, unless you're injured, you have basically like a three to five second um, window before your brain basically would not be able to do this again, or you will become fearful of this and it will turn into PDSD. Oh,
0: so, wild. Okay. So like you're yeah, running on the yeah. adrenaline essentially before the adrenaline runs out.
1: Right, right. So what happens with a lot of people when they fail at something physically, especially they walk away from it right because it's the right thing to do yeah if you failed at it you don't want to get hurt etc mm-hmm. but it is also um, i think for those of us running on this type of adrenaline we we have a different rule mm-hmm. because you do develop PTSD and it happens to a lot of people where like let's say they do a backflip and they lie on their face they walk away they're like i'm never doing that again mm-hmm. well at that moment when you just ate it on your face, you should get up and do it again. So you, yes, you're going to have a lot more respect for the move, but you're not going to develop PTSD, which will like not enable you to ever do that move without like a lot, a lot of help. It's
0: fascinating. I never thought about that. Yeah. Cause at that point you're trying to get rid of the hesitation You're trying to get rid of that fear. Cause that seems like
1: that's, that's mm-hmm. like the
0: that's like the vinegar to to stun people where it's like you don't want to have any of that fucking fear. At that point you're supposed to be right, fearless. That's
1: That's the last memory you have. Yeah. That's the last thing that's in your head. Um you know that's your the, the memory your body has. So your body's going to go based on that memory. So um even at least if you ha- mentally have that memory it's fine because that means you will respect it but you don't want the physical memory because that's all your body will remember. So you need to get up, do it again. doesn't matter. Even if you need help from someone to do it at the moment and then throw it on your own. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not perfect, but you did it, it's out of your system. Now you can walk away, come back to it the next day. So, <sighs> that's actually yeah.
0: really great advice, not just with like stunts, but also with like life shit, especially emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of like, you know, going out for a job or going or or going in for an audition and going through this process, like you get a lot of PTSD from all that, all those social experiences. Yeah. And it's there's something really nice about just saying like, I don't know, don't fucking dwell on it. Just get back up again and go do it again quickly before you yeah. think about it too much.
1: And 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 that that goes back to what I had said in the very beginning. Uh, you know, in terms of running towards what's triggering you Mm -hmm. and not away from it. You know, like whatever's triggering, triggering that feeling, you need to trigger it again. You need to provoke it so that it goes away. Because what happens when you constantly provoke something, you numb it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you want to do. So that's my approach. That's the approach I took towards depression, Mm -hmm. which alleviated and made it. The only time now I get depressed is just like anybody else in this world. You know, if I get bad news of a family member, you know, but not clinical of the way it was that sometimes I just be like going to the grocery store, just start crying. You know, it's just out of nowhere. Like I'm, and I couldn't, and it would affect my job. It would affect me or I would just become extremely emotional. If you just tell me something, you know, like a little, um, slap on the hand, like it would just make me overly emotional. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, depressions are, depressions a real thing, especially right now, especially currently. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I never realized how intense it was until I started to feel bits of depression because of the situations that we're all in right now, it's fucking exhausting. And even if you just start to think about, like if some negative thought comes into your mind, your body shuts down, you're like, I wanna fucking go to sleep. Like it's a very exhausting fucking process to get through. And it's a real thing that I would say 98% of people are dealing with right now. It's pretty crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody that says that they don't have it, it's fucking bullshit in themselves. (laughs) So hard. Yeah, like, that's why I'm so open about it. Because I'm like, there is nothing that I have not experienced mentally that you have not because we're living in the same fucking world. (laughs) You know, like, we're in the same planet. That last time I checked, we're all going through the same fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and and people like to play that that game where the pretend game of oh no my life is a beautiful highlight reel and yeah, that's the uh, that's the
0: world that we're you know, that, that we all live in right now look how fucking sexy I am and look at these great filters that I used on my life mm-hmm. yeah I know it's
1: not no, far from it
0: <laughs> yeah 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 okay so cool so then you learned parkour you were hanging out with these dudes and uh, you were falling down and getting back up immediately makes sense and then uh, so then. What did you? What, what other training did you do? I, I I see that you've done like stunt car stuff. You've done all sorts of really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I I started uh, doing parkour, whatever, and then after that, I started training. You know, martial arts, so wire work, and basically a little bit of everything. When you don't have um, a something you grew up doing, you tend to just focus in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and I've learned from so many different people too so like you know if there's one martial artist teaching me taekwondo I've learned from three different taekwondo martial artists so like <laughs> I have you know when people ask me what do you do and I'm like I'm a movement specialist you show me what you want I will move <laughs> you know so and, and people don't believe me till they see me and then they're like oh okay and you know that's how I end up getting jobs because you know it's like I, I can't Stand here and tell you I grew up most of my life fucking kicking ass or doing flips or doing anything like that. But I am I don't think much things much through in, in in a good sense. Yep. You know, like kind of like, okay, if this is what I gotta do, this is what needs to get done, um, I'm gonna put in the work and I'm gonna make it happen. And uh and a perfect example of that was when I worked uh in the movie Dune.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And uh we worked with, uh, I believe it was seven martial artists and only three people have parkour backgrounds. Um, and, uh, these martial artists, they were fucking bad at, I'm talking about like, like 25 plus years, wow. uh, doing martial arts and, um, you know, and and big names. Um, our son coordinator was part of the Jackie Chan team. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That, that's and, cool.
1: And uh, he had high expect. Let me tell you, like, high expectations. Like, I'm going to teach you a whole choreo-, choreo, and I expect you to know it, like, within seconds.
0: Really? Oh, so, that must be, like, very stressful. That, that Like, talk about anxiety. I though. mean,
1: it was so stressful because for martial artists, it's not about the choreo at all. It's about the technique. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, like, um, it, it's about so many different things that has nothing to do with what, you know, like you could teach me a choreo and I'll get it like, you know, quick. But they don't give a shit how quick you got that choreo. It's what you're making it look like, mm. you know. So um, everything was technique. And, um, and and that became really difficult too because we were shooting in slow-mo. And in slow-mo, you read everything. Yeah, of course. So, of course. so one of the things that he said was, you know, whenever because uh, we we're doing motion capture as well. And they're like, whenever we are shooting and the director's there, um, you know, watching, um, he doesn't know who's a martial artist and who isn't. And he shouldn't be able to pick out who those people are. Mm-hmm. So you guys and he put us to the side, the uh, us that are not the martial artists. And he's like, you guys need to work 10 times harder to make sure that you look and you blend in with everyone else. If not, you're replaced.
0: So what, so what are you doing? You are actually learning the moves and working with each other to try to figure out these techniques? Like how are you, it must be very difficult if you don't have that background training. Are you just looking for specific moves that you can focus on or like what was your process? Right,
1: right. So, so um, they would uh, teach us like three to four different types of martial arts uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, we would do, uh, you know, anything from Japanese sword to sila to um, uh, some tactical gun training to um, a little bit of jujitsu, just just basically a little bit of everything. Um, and um, he he would just basically just have us do rundowns for hours of just the different type of trainings, and he would just assign you know us with leaders you know um like the other stunt performers that maybe were really good at martial arts and uh, i'm sorry at a certain martial art like kung fu then you'll have them hey take them and and just show them as much as you can and then uh, then they'll have you know a performer that was really good with japanese sword and then we'll go over that so like i would make sure to get there extra early Mm -hmm. to to put in that work because i know that i'm like I, I, I'm very good at moving, but it doesn't matter how well you are at something when it is not your, you know, forte, sure. you're going to see it. Um, so yeah, I just had to put in more work and make myself look like <laughs> I was just a part of the group, you know, <laughs> well,
0: it's like, you, like you were acting.
1: exactly exactly and i'm like okay well that's and there was actually a lot of acting in it too you know Mm -hmm. everything every movement you made there was a strong expression to it and um well i think that's that's
0: that's what i find because i'm also a director and, and that's what i find fascinating about acting and movement in general let alone stunts which i which i really dig about stunts i just did an episode um, with one of the actresses from West Side Story who came from stage and she was a dancer for years. And we talked about the power of the silhouette and the power of movement and, and actually conveying uh, characters in her monologue with with body posture and positioning and how you pick something up and how you move through a room and how you do all that stuff. And I think, I think that's what makes great action movies is that uh, the stunts mm-hmm. that not only are like, hey, I'm going to take this gun out of this guy's hand and stick it in his face. But I'm going to do it in such a way that gives insight to the viewer into who this character is and who this person is in real life and how they right. respond to things and when they actually respond and half do they do it after someone says something or before or in the middle of someone saying something? Like all that stuff is very important when you're building character, you know?
1: Right, right, right. Like uh, that—that's a perfect example. Um, actually, what you were just talking about is um, the way that. Um, uh, I was playing a, a Fremen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, you know, and then we have the other warriors, um, that the way we were more, we had to act more like sand creatures cause we would come out of the sand and fight. So, um, our movement had to be more animalistic and lower, um, while Satakar, which, you know, uh, were the other warriors had to be more like upright and more like, uh, kind of like, uh, more like warrior like. Mm-hmm. Um, So they always had to be very tall and we had to always be very low. Kind of like if they're going to go, you know, for a swing, we have to go low, you know, or if they're going to go up high, then we need to jump on their back. So we were more like creature like. And um, that's
2: cool. That's really cool.
1: Our expression had to, you know, our movement had to show that the way we would take out the knife, the way that we would look at them, the way we would stand and look at them, every little detail. Um, they were very, very, very specific with it, and I absolutely loved it because you know, like start at, since I started as an actor, I think for me that part was so easy. When he's like, "All right, guys, remember, you're not just performers; you got to act." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's my shit right there. I got you."
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So when they when they were talking about these movements, is this something that the stunt uh, choreographer had worked out initially and was sharing with you guys, or were you guys all? Uh, collaborating together and coming up with different ideas and developing this, like, what was the exchange like?
1: Oh, this is this is a one hundred percent collaboration of different thoughts and um, just we were creating at the moment. This was uh, during the previous. Mm-hmm. So um, he was just like, "This is who you guys are. This is what we want, and you guys come up with like uh, maybe like twelve beats of." Um, something that will embody what we are looking for. And then when we will come up with that, then he'll kind of like, like shape it up a little bit or clean it and be like, okay, this is great. But remember, you know, you're coming out of the sand. So um, the way that you would come up to him or, or, you know, like he would just clean it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will a hundred percent come up with it. And there was some days where he's like, okay, we want you to come up with 60 different choreos in one day. Oh my god! And they were like, Six beats, but the six beats I had to learn mine and yours because we had to put it, make them in a loop.
0: Oh, okay, so for the listeners that don't understand beats, so, so sort of ex- explain what a beat is when you're th- when talking about stunts. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, a beat is kind of like, uh, like basically, um, every step or, uh, like for example, um, six beats would be like six different movements, you know, like, uh, the first beat will be. Uh, maybe a jab and the second beat will be a cross. the third beat Mm -hmm. you know would be like a stab so with every beat there's a different movement so um we had to do six beats but in a loop so that means that i had to learn the other performers um choreo Mm -hmm. because we have to keep it going because we're in a fight so in total it was really 12 beats that fascinating because
0: at that point you're, you're you're essentially designing a dance right you have to know exactly where that right. person's moving so that you can respond because you're not physically fighting you're just trying to make it look right. the closest to fighting as possible while still being safe right, right. you know
1: right 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 and then and then once you come up with that it's like okay great next so then they will bring up the other two people um and it was like that every five we'll, we had to develop these within like five to ten minutes and then just present it in front of them and then he'll let us know what he liked what he didn't if he liked it he will be like okay go to the side clean it up and yours does not work make something else up so it was and we had to come up with like 60 different beats um uh um yeah no i'm sorry not beats 60 different choreos because he wanted to have more than enough to show the director. Mm. So if he's like, I, I don't like this for the dream sequence and I don't like that, you know, he, he had to have a lot of options. Wild.
0: So how do you keep track of all that? Is it just memory based at this point? You just you just have done it enough. Like, how do you keep track of all those movements?
1: Yeah. So they they, they would record us. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, you know, he would just send it to us and be like, OK, uh, just remember that this is your beats. Um And just try to rehearse it as much as you can. So when the shoot days come, you know, he'll just kind of show us the video yeah. and then we'll be like, oh, okay, I know what that was. And, you know, they'll give us like maybe 10 minutes to kind of rehearse it and then uh, we'll get into it.
0: Fascinating. It's so wild. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense that you're going to do like these little beats or these little choreos that are loopable because you're you're also thinking about camera coverage and you're thinking about when you're... When you're covering these different scenes you want to have that continuity if it's like background fighting or anything else that's happening you want to just be able to pull that out
1: right right
0: yeah all right it is time to take a second talk about some of the products that we use here at the show talk about some of the partnerships that we have with some really fucking cool companies uh without the help of these folks the show wouldn't exist Um, Let's talk about editing. Let's talk about computer editing. How many of you that listen to the show uh, own or run or work at a post-production facility? Are you guys working at Company 3? Are you guys a color correction place? Are you guys uh, uh, finally at the point where you're doing enough stuff that you need to have more than one computer? You need to have a few editors on staff um, it's always difficult. I've been there. I understand what it's like to set up a post-production company. I used to do it. And it's always a difficult thing. There's a heavy investment up front. And then you're trying to make sure that you're picking out systems, you're picking out workstations that will last, that will stick around, that will do the job, that are upgradable. Because at the end of the day, as soon as you get past the amount that you spent on them, as soon as you get past your initial investment then it's all profit, and that's where you want to get to. You want to get to profit. Uh, I think we've been brainwashed at some point where it's like super cool to be buying shit all the time and super cool to be in debt. I don't get it. I think it's the whole subscription thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to be in a subscription program with my hardware, okay? (laughs) So if you're looking to build a new edit system, head on over to pugetsystems.com. These guys are focusing heavily this year not only on uh, content creators and individuals like myself now, and a lot of the people who listen to the show, they will build us as content creators the perfect edit machine to have at home. I suggest that every director has an edit machine. Every uh, cinematographer has some form of an edit machine at home. So that way you can be consistently putting together your own reels. You can be working on projects, shooting projects on your own. Maybe you're using your Blackmagic camera like I have. Um, And... Uh, So it's really important to have that tool to be flexing those muscles on storytelling at home. And if you're looking to buy a computer editing system for your house, check out Puget Systems. Go to pugetsystems.com. But more importantly, Puget is also heavily focused on creating amazing workstations and really great packages for post-production houses. So if you're a post-production facility right now and you're looking to upgrade Uh, You had that last software update that happened and suddenly all your hardware is rendered useless or maybe you're trying to catch up. There's all sorts of shit going on right now with the Unreal stuff that's happening out there, trying to stay in front of the curveball with that. And you need some custom-built systems, custom-built PCs, and these machines are upgradable. It's important. QGIS Systems is the place to go. They are really into helping us out as content creators they will set up a consultation with you. They wanna hear about what it is that you guys do. They wanna hear about what it is that you guys are working on, and they will make it work for you. And if they can't, if they can't give you a better deal, if they can't figure it out the way you need it to, they'll let you know. These guys are completely honest. But I'm telling you, they're gonna hook you up. Head on over to PutedSystems.com and check it out. Also supporting the show are friends over at ETC Connect. ETC are the makers of amazing light units. Uh, They've always been big on their Spotlight units in the past. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the iconic Source 4 profiles. If you haven't, look them up. I talk about them on every read. So let me skip past it. Let me get into some new stuff. What I love about ETC is their user interface. So these lights have a brand new user interface. I've had some time to try it out with their FOS 4 Fresnel that I have from them. Um, And one of the features that I've really enjoyed is the control interface that I get right on the fixture itself. Right on the back of the fixture, the four backlight encoders uh, change colors to match the attributes being controlled on the screen. So it's very easy to navigate through the menu. Uh, We can even get a color picker to quickly adjust color settings and create the the presets that you can come back to later. ETC also included a handful of settings that save time on getting to some classic looks, so it's pretty cool. Uh, The 12 built-in effects include favorites such as flicker to emulate fire or siren for emergency lighting effects. Additional presets include studio and color modes, uh, and you can get right back to the basic look and allow customization from there. Get a closer look at ETC's FOS four panel and Fresnel lights for yourself at etcconnect.com backslash love the process. Um, <clears throat> so also supporting the show, if you're a content creator and you're looking for a place to upload your new film, upload your new series, everything's on the internet now, everything's out there, and it, you're sort of hitting a point where you're like, I need to make some money. By the way, little side tangent, because I've got a little bit of time. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of these uh, how to help you out kind of fucking course shit that uh, people are putting online all the time on Instagram and shit like I'm a filmmaker and I've been doing this for five years and I'm going to teach you the lessons that you need to know to be able to make $5,000 on your next video. Do yourself a favor. Don't pay for that shit, man. At the end of the day, what you're seeing is a guy who's having trouble getting work He needs to make some sort of passive income. He needs to make some supplementary income on what's happening. And that's why he's putting that course out there. I've had offers made to me to do courses like that. And I continuously turn them down. The only time you'll ever see me do a course like that is if I'm literally teaching you something that I believe is different than anything else that anybody else has to teach you. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest. The only reason I would ever do something like that is to make fucking money. Same reason why this asshole's doing it. So be careful when you're looking into that stuff. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that tangent. I was talking about Vitifair. If you're uploading your content, you need to make some money. That's where it was coming from. If you need to make some cash. Um, why not choose someone like Vitifair where it's a one-time price for an upload? So all costs is like just under six bucks to upload your material. These guys don't charge you per click. They don't raise the amount that they're charging you. If you raise the amount, uh, the cost of the video... Uh, it's really great. Head on over to Vitafair.com, Check it out and see for yourself. Make your own decisions. Feel like uh, you can set the prices from zero to $20. Um, and check with your fans, man. If you don't know if you're ready to start charging for stuff, do some posts. Ask. Ask your people. Hey, man, do, are you, do you like the footage? Do you like my stuff? Do you like my content? Would you pay a buck for it? Would you pay two bucks for it? For some folks... Just doing $0.50 cent charges over time adds up to more if you ch- we're charging $15 per. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have those options. And those options are available to you at Vitafair.com. Vidaffair, uh, Hold on. Oh my God, what a, bur- what, a, what a gross guy. Also supporting the show are our friends over at Jambox. I just talked to these guys this morning. They are super excited about everything that we're doing here at the show. I'm excited to be with them. You've heard me talk about how if you sign up for Jambox, you can sign up for free trials right now. Go to jambox.io and the music that they provide on their website will blow your fucking mind. It will change your work today. I don't know how else to say this. Sign up for today because it's going to change your work. If you're a content creator, this is the cheapest thing. It's 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 practically cheaper than half the subscription bullshit fucking streaming service platforms that are out there right now you know what i mean and it's going to change your work so instead of like you know re-upping your disney plus subscription maybe you should do something like this and actually stimulate some work stimulate some creativity in you let some of this music inspire you let me give you a little look into what i've licensed recently on their website some artists that i'm really fucking pumped about i'm scrolling right now through my license section so this isn't a read uh Tonks who I've played on the show multiple times I love Tonks stuff I should have some of these guys on the show what do you think should I have some of these artists on the show would you guys like to hear from these guys because uh, Tonks has done not only really great synthwave stuff but he also does really great hip-hop stuff I just pulled a bunch of hip-hop stuff for a few of the episodes that uh, I don't know if they're out yet or they're coming out uh, I'm so so behind on my queue so i don't know what the order of release is at this point but i was doing a bunch of hip-hop stuff on the chefs and the taco episode um and i was pulling stuff from uh rashon ahmed i love his shit. dj unwind he's really great i've got a bunch of tracks from him carnell newbill i think i'm saying these names right dj tones is another really great one oh Tears and Rain by Heads or Heads. That's actually a really great fucking track. Head on over while we're doing this now. Head on over to Jambox. Uh, Check it out. Go through. You can search for artists based upon genre. It's very similar to surfing on uh, Spotify. It's the same kind of deal. Except uh, you don't have Neil Young claiming that uh, he's going to shut everything down on this. Um, (laughs) uh, What else? Oh, Rex on the Boat really great fucking artists and as i read you these artists i would never go to a uh you know a stock music website and read you the artists off a standard stock music website when the fuck have you ever done that that's what's so cool about jambox i'm telling you i'm telling you <laughs> how often do you hear me say i'm telling you this is going to change your work i mean it head on over to jambox.io now and uh for those of you listening and you uh are feeling a little uh threatened by the amount of episodes that we have maybe you're a new listener and you're just like oh man maybe you're like one of those comic book those timid comic book people that that come on board and they go i don't know if i could read spider-man because there's over 400 issues of this so could you just reboot it again this year back to number one drives me fucking crazy have you noticed this I I was just uh, looking at Batman titles the other night because I want to read some new books. I haven't read books in a while. And it was like, how many fucking Batman number ones came out this year? Can we just stick with the amount? I like the idea of picking up a book that is like Batman 647 because I then know that there's an entire run. There's an entire history, entire anthology behind you. I was never threatened by like going, hey, I'm going to go back to the old boxes and go through these books. I found that exciting. Especially if you just go into a shop and you pick it up and you go, ah, I got to wait a whole nother week for the next or another whole month for the next book to come out. No, I don't. I can go back. I never got that shit. Anyway, tie it. Fucking tangents. Today is a tangent day. So if you're looking at my podcast like that and you go, well, this guy's at 200 episodes. Do I start at number one? I just want to listen to all of the stunt performer episodes, or I just want to listen to all the chef episodes, go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There, I've curated everything for you. It's like walking into a comic book shop. I put them on the wall for you. There's different categories. By the way, there are some great comic book shops out here in Los Angeles, and I really enjoy the differences between them. I just went to a spot that's up in Pasadena, I think, and uh, their walls are just arranged by writer, which is super cool like, oh, what's Remender written? You head on over to that wall, and they have a bunch of great stuff. And the cool thing about California is that they have a lot of artists and writers go into the shops out here, so they have a lot of signed books and shit. What's the name of that shop? I got to remember, so I can give them a plug. But anyway, head on over to inloveoftheprocess.com and choose your episodes. Choose your own adventure, okay? Uh, And uh, please, do me a favor. Click on the links in the description of this episode while you're listening to the show. I know you're just staring at your computer and mindlessly sorting through fucking cat videos while you're listening to the show. Are you staring at your phone, rather? Um, just scroll down and then just click on the links. Head on over to the websites, look around. They're trackable links. They know that I sent you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks have been writing to me. I just had an interaction today on Instagram. I had a pal write to me and ask... Um, A listener asked uh, my advice on the Blackmagic 6K Pro camera. Big fan of that camera, big fan of Blackmagic. So I took a little bit of time and I told them the pros and cons and what I like about it, what I don't like about it. And in exchange, I said, head on over to Blackmagic and say that you heard me on the show. These guys register that stuff. I just got off the phone with one of the sponsors and they were like, we love it when your fans write to us and tell us that, that they're listening to the show. I'm like, all right. Oh, did you hear that? You hear what's going on in the background here what's that noise back there is that a chicken is that a covid chicken back there oh my god it's spreading everywhere there, there are children running and screaming down the street oh my god anyway let's get back to the show super cool man and so i mean dune was fucking amazing that movie i'm sure you've seen it (laughs) that movie was fucking amazing um what scenes did you what what was your favorite scene working on in that one
1: well uh, after i looked at it uh i figured that we were part of like 70 percent of that (laughs) movie because because so the whole dream sequence, which is a whole movie, mm-hmm. um, was all was all us. Um, all the people you see fighting in the background um, in his dream sequence, that is just all of, that is just 10 of us. Oh, wow. But it looks like a lot, a lot of people. Wow. Um, Yeah. The beginning scene in the cave
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, where Zendaya is um, coming in, I think the first Fremen that comes in, that's me. Um, And I know that there was a lot of parts uh, during the movie. Um, I think a part where they were holding up a flag or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was a motion capture. Um, there was a lot of, uh, parts where, oh, there was a part two where, uh, they were both going against each other. I think it was a Sadekar and Fremens Mm -hmm. and, um, and that was all motion capture. That was all us. There was a lot of parts that even when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Wait a second. That looks like what we shot. Man, <laughs> these people are good. I'm like, so th- now it makes sense. Because like, you know, during motion capture, they'll just be like, you kind of feel a little bit like, funny doing certain things is you're like what am I running towards and then when you see it you're like that's what it was (laughs) (laughs) so it was yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool and um the part where we were shooting um also we had like these really big guns the one that I had was my height (laughs) yeah wow yeah and, and and I had to run up a hill with it and they're like okay guys you're just gonna shoot and and you know, one of us asked like, okay, what are we shooting? Cause we need to know how we got to react. And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be very big explosion and like things shooting at you from the sky. That was like, all we got, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So like, uh, are we like taking the shots? And they're like, no, you're just like shooting and, 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 you know, these are big guns, like, you know, like your whole body's moving with it. And I'm like, okay, so we just did it. And then when I saw like this on screen, I was like, oh, I'm like, thank God I overreacted because that was a big explosion.
0: <laughs> so when you're, when you're running around on set, who are you most wh- who are you getting direction from most of the time? Is it coming from the stunt choreographer? Is it coming from the AD department? Uh, like, is Denis ever talking to you guys or is it, is it, is it, uh, it to the system?
1: So it's usually the stunt coordinator will give us direction, but we will have sometimes the AD, um, you know, telling us, Hey, you know, we will like this and that, but we usually, if there, if it's too much of, a, of an adjustment, um, physically then we will only take direction from the stunt coordinator. Sure. But if it's something kind of like, Hey, can you make sure you're looking at this camera when you're shooting or, you know, like things like that, then, you know, um, then we'll take direction from the AD. But for the most part, we uh, there's a lot of people wanting to talk to us, but we're only supposed to listen to the coordinator because there's a reason and a safety reason behind everything that yeah. is designed the way that it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the interesting portion of it for me because from a director's standpoint, there's a bunch of different rules, and especially you start to get on a union gigs and like whether or not you're allowed to talk to specific talent, background talent. And if you talk to background talent, it changes their... Their, their stature, they change from like a specific pay grade. It's like a weird thing that happens and, and I would assume that yeah. with stunt folks, it is a safety issue. At that point, it's like you know, you're not going to run over to the gun guy and tell the gun guy how to load his gun. You know what I mean? It's like, right, right. it's the same yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's a safety issue. And also, like, you don't want to overstep your boss, you know, by, oh, well, you know, um, Mike Mike told me that, you know, I, I should do this. Yeah, well, but that's not what I asked you to do. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, um, if that were ever the case, like, I would always inform you know them, hey, this is what they want. But sometimes you are on a time crunch. The coordinator's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, And they're asking you to do something. Uh, unless you feel that it would be completely unsafe, then I will just wait there. Yeah. I don't care. They will just have to stop. But if it's something like a small adjustment, then I'll just adjust at that moment and then just let the coordinator know, hey, you know, you weren't around and they asked me to do this. Is that OK? OK, yes or no, then. But at least he knows that he's informed. So I think the biggest thing is just communication. And if the person is not around, at least let them know afterwards so they know that the need of you wanting to communicate was always there, but they were not around for
0: it. That that totally makes sense. And then so your day must be pretty crazy. I mean, because you're physically running and jumping and doing shit all fucking day. You must be exhausted by the time that the shoot wraps.
1: I mean, some days are like that, depending on what you're working on. But honestly, most of the time we're just waiting. Yeah, it's
2: true. Um, <laughs> that's and, then, true. And, then,
1: and then, you know, like when we do get that time, though, that we are doing a lot of stuff, it is nonstop. Yeah. Because um, I know when, when, you know, a few sets that I've been on that when they say it's go time, we're there, you know, um, for hours. Like uh, one of the recent movies I worked on. um. They had us there for hours just doing repeatedly the same thing over and over again. It was very exhausting. Oh my God. But, 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 you know, the wait time was almost as equal. So, you know, we had to wait like, Six hours and then six hours of shooting, so it was like okay. That
0: must be pretty tough on your body, especially with all that wait time. Are you guys trying to stay warmed up the whole time because, like, I can only imagine you know sitting there craft services and then having to get your asses off the chairs and, and run and, you know run over a hill. Yeah, that must be that's, that's
1: the that's the part that's the part that sucks, but that's the part where when they ask for professional stunt performers, that's what they mean. Yeah. What, what do they mean by professional? Professional just doesn't mean, well, you know, I've worked on a few great big movies. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people that have and don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I'm sorry, I got to put that out there. But it's the truth. Um, the, th- the, the part professional comes when you are always ready, yeah. right? And And you always stay ready. Your communication skills are there. You know, you're, you're, you're always on time, mm-hmm. you know, as much as you can mm-hmm. and, uh, you're respectful and you're not there to, to, to chat or, you know, hit on people. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you're there to do your job <laughs> sure. and, and go home. So, um, that part is, is very, very important. And, and you do get, uh, some people that unfortunately you work with that are not as professional or don't understand, you know, like you, you got to stay ready. Yeah. Um, and that's where injuries happen, Yeah, you know? So, um, so yeah.
0: Um, so, so how long have you been doing stunts now at this point? Like how how many years has it been?
1: Since 2014. So it's been like eight years now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. And so yeah. how long did it yeah, take yeah. for you to get on, uh, your first big set? Like your first big movie set?
1: My first big movie set was actually Punisher.
2: Mm-hmm. The,
1: and that was in uh, the TV show. I think that was in 2018. Yeah. Okay. 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. So four years ago. So before then I was, I, I worked uh, a lot of TV shows for Nickelodeon and, you know, like, um, I mean, those are, those are big sets, but they're not like at the level of Marvel. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I worked a lot of, uh, um, uh, uh, with NBC Telemundo out in Miami, oh my God! All the novellas, I've worked them all of them. <laughs> uh, all the dramatic hair flips, I got you.
0: So, <laughs> what are those like? That's you'll be the first one oh, on the show God. to talk about those. What are those like?
1: Oh God! Well, um, I you know it's it's crazy because in Miami they will call you for the it they'll call you for the stupidest thing you know, like for example, one of the stunts, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even going to say this is a stunt. They called me to, to sit in back of some guy that was driving off in a motorcycle, but he was literally driving maybe seven feet, eight feet. He wasn't driving. He was just fucking, it was like scooting the motorcycle forward basically. And, and I had to just sitting back of him and i thought maybe we we're going on a crazy ride or something i don't know and then when i saw that and i'm like all right so what what are we doing and They're like oh i'm just you know just scooting up a little bit or whatever and i'm like oh so you don't drive off he's like no not really and i'm like oh okay so and i'm looking at the actress like what the why the fuck couldn't you just sit? you're literally just sitting on the motorcycle
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of insurance and legal things. I'm I'm sure that there's reasons.
1: No, I, I, I know, I know that, but she was also scared of, of motorcycles. So, you know, like, um, sometimes you would get called for, for things like that, because like you said, there's a lot of things that other people don't understand that are, you know, in the way, um, and that could jeopardize, you know, potentially. Um, but, you know, I, I have been on, uh, I was on a telenovela once that the actor wanted to do his own stunt. And it was a horse stunt where I had to ride in back of the actor um, down, you know, a hill on a horse. <laughs> and the actor, oh, you're laughing because you already know where this is going. Like,
0: Keep going, keep going. <laughs> the,
1: the, 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 act, the actor insisted on doing his own stunt. He's like, I ride horses in Mexico all the time uh-huh. and I want to do this stunt. And he's like, okay, they had the stuntman there for him and everything. The stuntman was already very familiar with the horse. You know, when you're dealing with animals, this is completely different. It's at their time, not yours. Yeah. You know, yeah. now things change a little bit. So um, the horse that they brought um, was friendly, but you know, it needed a little breaking in mm-hmm. and um, the stunt man was already very familiar with him because he was the one that was going to do it. Um, the stunt. But then at the last minute, the actor said, You know what? I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the producer's like, Look, I don't think you should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because not that you can't, we know you're great you know, like a horse rider and everything. You cannot do this right now because, you know, liability, whatever. Sure.
0: Yeah. The proper amount of ego stroking that needed to happen.
1: Oh yeah. And then he spoke to, and he was like a big actor in Mexico. And they're like, you know what? Fine. All right. You could do (laughs) it. So they let him do it. And then they're like, and I'm like, okay, great. So just put the actress in the back. They're like, no, you're going in the back. I'm like, Oh, you want me in the back of the actor? I'm like, Oh Lord. Okay. I already knew where potentially that could go. And the stunt uh, coordinator said, Hey Jess, He just looked at me kind of like we had this whole conversation, just looked at each other. And I'm like, I got you. Uh And he's like, you know what to do if, you know, Uh things don't go the way they're supposed to. And I'm like, "Um, I think I know what to do. But yeah, I, I would try my best not to die. And then he's like, okay. So we, we did the stunt and once they called action, um, I just had a bad feeling already. You know, uh, the horse was a little unsteady and I'm like, okay, I don't know. And and But this guy's like, oh, you know, I've been riding for years. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful horse. He's like petting it and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> they call action. The horse goes. We're coming down this hill. Everything is fine out of nowhere. The horse just stops and stalls and goes up. And comes down really hard. And we go flying down this hill. (laughs) And the actor flies down the hill and lands straight on his knees. Oh,
2: my God.
1: And I go flying over him. I could see him under me. (laughs) I go flying over him. And I just go into a role. And there I was thinking, this is why I learned parkour. (laughs) And I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm like, I was fine. And I just came out of a dramatic role you know, hair all over the place, but I was fine. Uh uh The actor ended up um, breaking his knees going to the Ah, hospital. ah. Yeah, he fell straight onto his knees.
0: All for ego.
1: All for ego. And the coordinator looked at me and he's like, Jess, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. And he's like, good girl. And I'm like, Okay, and then he's like, "You see, I, I said it, I said it. He shouldn't have been doing this, and you know, like, but the producers wanted it, and okay, yeah. well, they had to stop production
0: yeah. for months, yeah, because that fucks with everything at that point. That fucks with the budget, that fucks yeah, with yeah, I all mean, over. you can't
1: yeah. do shit. So uh, yeah, that that sucked ass. So <laughs> I was
0: <laughs> I was partly laughing because I was just imagining <laughs> all of like the casting calls for that for that show where it's just like girl on back of motorcycle girl on back of horse girl on back of couch you know what i mean
1: i'm I'm like why i'm like why do i need to be back of anything i'm like if i need to be back of one more thing i guess but yeah in 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 miami you you do get a, a lot of things like that but then you also get the ones that the stunts that they normally wouldn't let you do anywhere else oh really because they would have a specialty person but since in miami they don't have they're on a most of the time they're not gonna fly people down and they don't really have um, a lot of performers that they'll just be like, hey, so uh, you wanna uh, stunt drive and play chicken today? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Let's, let's do that. And, and on my first stunt, um, uh, I think, yeah, my, my first driving stunt was chicken. Wow. Yeah, and, and for those of you that are not familiar with chicken is, is when two cars mm-hmm. are just go head on, to each other. And then very last minute, just kind of get out of the way.
0: Yeah. That, that, that must take a lot of coordination at that point. Like when you guys are actually going to finally swerve and and trying to get as close as you can to make it work for the camera, that must be pretty tough to do.
1: Yeah. That, that I, uh, it took a a lot of coordination and a lot of, I don't even know balls I didn't have because I was like, all right, you know, that ended nation thing, I don't know right now if I'm feeling all that because this is a car and that's a truck and this is a Toyota and that's like a fucking diesel truck. And I'm like, okay, all right, just send it. We're going to do this. And man, when they call action is almost like if your eyes and your pupils just change and you just transform into this fucking epic superhero where you just concentrate and you understand what to do at the very last moment it's crazy
0: super cool that's super cool talk about adrenaline jesus you know
1: oh man i love it i can feel it right now i feel like i'm in the car right now i'm like
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh well that stuff is pretty interesting like years ago i was i forget what i was hired to do i don't know if i was directing something or shooting something And I had to go down to – I was in Detroit to like a police training facility, and they were teaching um, the police officers how to like drive aggressively, and they had this whole course set up, and they threw me in the back seat, and I was filming in the back seat of this, and it was like super fucking fun and very intense. (laughs) Like, you know, being able to like, you know, turn the car on a dime and be able to slide it into spots and all that kind of stunt training stuff that you guys do. I think – like car stunt stuff is so fucking cool. I would love to direct like a car stunt movie. I think that'd be so much fun. Oh movie. yeah. You know? Oh my
1: god, it it is freaking amazing. I mean the the times that I've had the opportunity to do any type of car stunt, um, it's been just like the adrenaline is different. It definitely is, and there's a there's a different respect. Uh, for what you're doing, the safety is it. it I mean, car uh, stunt driving is one of the most dangerous stunts, so like, I mean, obviously, depending on you know what you're doing, but for the most part, you know, um, for the, the professional stunt drivers, I mean, it is, yeah, an intense, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a different thing, completely different. I don't consider myself a professional stunt driver, I get away with stunt driving, mm-hmm. and um. I uh, a professional someone that does this every day. This is you know what they eat, shit and breathe. This is not what I eat, shit and breathe. This is what I will shit a little bit one day if you ask
2: me to. <laughs>
1: you know I'll be like yeah I'll get away with that. I'll I'll will send it nation for <laughs> I love, today.
0: I love you in, I love you in a job interview where you're like I'll take a little shit for you today if you want. I'll do I'll do a little. <laughs> one for you
1: today. I, I'll do it. I, I I'm that person that gets away with the group. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blend in.
0: <laughs> ah, super cool, man. So, uh, it sounds like you really fucking love this this work. It sounds like you love this job.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's I, I don't see myself doing anything else, and I don't think I. I, I could the little times I have like helping my mom in real estate and ugh, ugh. I was puked just saying that <laughs> um yeah you know like I we all have a, you know a, sometimes second jobs and stuff like that but um this is my only job um and um for now uh but you know th- it's it's something that I don't see myself Like I cannot be, I can't be a psychologist, a doctor, a lawyer. I can't do that (laughs) shit. Like I respect those people so much. Because it, it is so difficult. It's a different type of difficulty, you know. But just I think it's so that.
0: funny. I think it's so funny to hear a stunt woman saying that it's difficult to be a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, no, I, and I get it. I get it takes a lot more training, a lot more stuff. But I just think I had to point out how ironic it is
2: that, that you,
0: you are know, saying
1: that. That reminded me of that conversation I had with my uh, with my orthopedic doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to go see him, like, uh, I think two years ago, um, for, a um, uh, my foot, I had a hurt foot and, uh, and he's like, um, he's like, man, that's crazy. All that you do. And I'm like me, I'm like, no way, man. You're the crazy one. Like, dude, you have to like open up like a foot and like perform <laughs> surgery and see blood. And then he's looking at me and he's like, <laughs> what? We're like, you're sharing our like, oh my God, like you're crazy. No, you're crazy. It's like, okay, we're both crazy. Different type of
0: crazy. Uh, speaking of doctors and stuff, it must be a pain in the ass for you to get health insurance with, be, with being a stump person.
1: Oh, not at all. Um, I What are you talking about? I, I'm a brand ambassador. I work in marketing. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. It must be really tough to get a brand <laughs> ambassador. <Okay.
1: laughs> they, they They probably are like... What is up with this girl's bills? No, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully I've never been hurt on a job. Oh, but I do visit the doctor a lot to make sure since my health has to be like yeah. in, you know, 100% or 90 at least, um I have to, you know, do a lot of checkups and stuff like that and it's funny cuz every time they I have to have a conversation with them they're like, "So what do you do?" I'm like marketing, they're like, what type of marketing? I'm like promotional, like, you know, brand ambassador, boring stuff. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, I have my daughter works in that. It's like, yeah, I know
2: (laughs) one of those. It's
1: cool. Gets the things done, you know, it's hilarious. Cause I'm like, I I don't tell them definitely. I don't say what I do. And the only times I do to doctors is when I have to give them a reason of, well, what happened to your fractured foot? Well, doctor, I I was uh, jumping on, this is a real story. I, I I went striding and I jumped onto a wall and you know I put my feet but you know I, I knew I shouldn't have done it like that. It's, they always say feet first, but you know I crunched them up a little bit more and he's like, "Excuse me, wait." They they who who was telling you to jump onto this wall? I was like, "Oh no, I I was doing it." And he's like, "Why were you jumping on a wall?" Uh, oh, because I was doing parkour. I was like, parkour, that is so dangerous.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm like, yeah, so is your job. Yeah, we're, we're not here to talk about those things, are we? Like <laughs> you're. You are not going to tell me to not do my job, and I am going to tell you to not do yours.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, that's part of your will, that's part of your work is, and it, 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 that must always be in your mind at some point because you have to stay physically fit. You have to stay at the top of your game, and then you know, um, how long, like, how long does a stunt, like, how long is a stunt career last? I mean, they must go into their fifties, right? I mean, how long does a stunt person? Well, well,
1: if. I mean, I know stunt performers are in their 60s. Now, here's the cool thing about stunts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like acting. You know, when you get older as an actor, um, you just get different roles. It's the same thing with stunts. When you get older as an actor, as an actor, as a stunt performer, you just get a different role. So instead of maybe being a gymnast because you can't pull off those flips anymore or maybe kicks as a martial artist, then you start stunt driving.
2: Oh, got it. Or
1: you start, you know, like you start doing jobs that – and people – Will hire you or continue to because you've been in the industry for so long. Yeah. You're the first name that pops up. You get the job done. They're probably not going to hire you to do that epic, you know, like car flip, but they'll hire you to to drive from point A to point B. And there's a lot of films that need that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. um, they stay working no matter what. Um, there's I. That's what I love about this industry. There's there's a job for everybody. Um, in a position. Um, so. I, my passion, um, is, uh, stunt acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, uh, there's a lot of avenues, different avenues that one could take in this industry. And I started off as an actor, got into stunts, focused on that for years. And now my focus is, uh, stunt acting. So I would definitely love, um, to get more into film mm-hmm. again and apply the knowledge that I've obtained from stunts into it. Cause like the ultimate goal is, um, is to just be like an action star and that's what I, I love. And I know a lot of us have that goal, but that's like my ultimate goal as, as a Cuban girl from Miami. That's what I want to do. That's
0: cool, man. Well, I mean, you know, the way the industry is these days, it's, it's, it's a dream that's attainable now. I feel like I definitely do.
1: Oh, a hundred, hundred percent. Like for me, um, just because I've seen the pattern, I go based on patterns, um, whatever I've ever worked for happens mm-hmm. and that's a hundred percent it's because it's not because I say, Hey, I'm going to snap my fingers; It's going to happen. It's because I'm working towards it. And that's the law of attraction is what ends up happening.
0: Yeah. Focus. Um, yeah. Focus. Sure. Focus means a lot, S- you know?
1: Oh, of course. And uh, of course, some things take more time than others. You know where it makes us even question: Is this the right path? Am mm-hmm. I doing it right? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to excel or to you know like get to where I need to be? And and I feel like that's the part where we need to remember patience because if we're doing everything right, we're in the right routes. Then at that point, we it's just repetition and just being at the right time, at the right place, at the right moment. And um, it will happen. It will 100% happen. There's no such thing when people say, well, it didn't happen for me, then you didn't work hard enough. And what I mean by that is not just physically, it's just in general. Because if you want it, it will happen. There's a pattern, you just need to keep following it and and not give up. Because we all have bills, we all have, you know, families. Um, Right now, I don't have children. But I do know people in the industry mm-hmm. that are very successful and almost all the world has children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, most of us, you know, we, you either have kids or, you, you know, you, you're caretaking for someone or you have three jobs. You know, enough, life is not going to get easier because your, your dream got bigger.
2: Yeah.
1: It's going to get harder, if anything. And then you got to just, you know, figure out how to, how to make everything work.
0: Well, this has been fantastic. I think that's amazing advice, and I think this is the point where we got to end the show. Um, it has been wonderful talking to you.
1: It really was. It was awesome talking to you, too.
0: Um, and I'm <laughs> excited. I'm going to continue to follow your career, follow your stuff. Um, and uh, what um, what's your favorite movie that you've worked on so far?
1: <sighs> the favorite movie that I've worked on so far? Hmm let's see okay um it's a recent one mm-hmm. black pan black panther
0: oh nice so
1: i can't say why yet <laughs> oh
0: so like the the upcoming black panther not like yes oh.
1: yes yes oh,
2: Yeah.
0: yes hell yeah
1: yeah I, I i can't say why yet but let's just say that it was having that opportunity was a dream come true cool. um because I envisioned myself there one day when I was working that nine to five, and just being there in person was like i I, I shed a little bit of tears. So for me, it, it was just amazing just being there on such a big phone set and 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 doing what I was doing. so
0: well, c- yeah. congratulations. and uh, i so I can't wait to see it. and hopefully, you know you can point out, you know whose ass you kicked
2: Definitely. in it. <laughs>
1: definitely
0: alright all right. well thank you for being on the show
1: thank you so much for having me it was awesome talking to you
0: there it is today's episode good one right Yasenia is fucking so much fun to talk to she's like super intense I love her um, her and I actually did a couple of that we did another segment after this which I'm sure we'll release in the future um, and I had a lot of fun with her t- talking about food Ugh. she seems super cool very energetic the type of person that you want to have on set the type of person that you want to have around in um, that fearlessness is very admirable you know confronting your issues head-on you know, and uh, geez, literally like diving out that window. Um, I love this stuff, man. That's the cool thing about the movie industry is that you find so many passionate people and these people uh, need to become very focused, hyper-focused on a specific trade or a specific aspect of filmmaking, but the general love for the whole process is there and... Um, just the, the, the shit that you have to go through to get there is the same for everybody. And in an industry that is so unreliable in an industry that doesn't have a a paved pathway to get to where you want, you can just find solace in the fact that everybody deals with that shit. Everybody goes through the same thing, rejection, time off and doubt, all that shit. We're all feeling it. Um, and I hope that makes you feel better, right? Because it's it's part of the job, man. And if you start to feel these things, if you're doing these things, like if you have just started working at this trade or working at being an actor or working at being a musician and you're a few years in and you're like, this just seems so daunting. And am I doing this right? Am I in the right room? Just feel comfort in knowing that fucking David Fincher felt that way and sometimes still feels that way. You know what I mean? That 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 really solved my problem was just understanding that, like getting past the fucking Instagram filters and just realizing that hashtag life goals is more than just the end goal. You know. Um. So yeah, that's it. Great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I am uh, gonna leave you now with some music, and with the comforting thought that we will see you next Tuesday.